right. Welcome to the Texas Hemp Show. I'm your host, Russell Dowden, publisher of the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine here in Texas and in the Austin area. And this is a podcast number 15, I think. We've been doing this for several months now here at the Texas Hemp Show, and so we're excited to to bring in our, our 15th guest here on the program as we celebrate a New Year's Eve of the Texas, our New Year's Eve edition of the Texas Hemp Show. Our magazine for December and January is out there in the hands of farmers and growers in Texas, Arkansas, uh, Oklahoma, and New Mexico. So there's over 2,000 farmers that get the publication absolutely free in the mail. And then we make these also available throughout the smoke shops and CBD stores and retail here in the Austin area. And so there, there are 10,000 of those floating around out there this month. So wish, wishing everybody a happy new year. and Hopefully things will get better for all of us as a nation as we approach 2021. Joining us on the program here at the Texas Hemp Show, this final show of 2020, is our guest Scott Bailey. Scott is uh, from North Carolina, and he is one of the senior partners over there at CRI CPAs and Advisors. That's Car Riggs and Ingram. They do a lot of consulting and accounting, auditing, business support for transactions, business tax. Uh, you know, tax season's coming up, so these guys um, will do employee benefit plans. They can do IT audits, uh, individual tax and planning, but they specialize in industries like construction and insurance and government healthcare, uh, as well as cannabis. And so CRI, uh, Car Riggs and Ingram, uh, you can check these guys out online at CRICPA.com. But joining us is the senior partner and uh, kind of Mr. Hemp, Scott Bailey. Welcome to the program. How are you, Scott? Doing great. Thanks, Russell. And, 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 and thanks for the introduction. And, um, and also, Man, 10,000 uh, 10, in circulation. That's 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 great. That's quite an accomplishment. Well, so we kudos. Yeah, thank you. We we get those out every every month, and and uh, we have been in the in, I've been in the publishing space, Scott, for many years. But um, I publish a I published a, I've been publishing a sports magazine in Austin for the last uh, five or six years, and uh, the. COVID with everything this year kind of forced my forced me to pivot into uh, a new space. And I had some friends that were reaching out asking me to sell seeds for the hemp growers in Texas and from, from their seed farm in Colorado. And so I kind of became aware of all the changing uh, laws with the farm bill uh, rather late. I, I became aware of this growing industry in Texas in January and February of and so while I did not end up selling seeds for some friends of mine in Colorado, as a magazine publisher, I realized, well, there may be an opportunity. I said, who I countered them with, well, who's doing a magazine about the Texas hemp industry? <laughs> you know, who's doing that? Because that's where my space is. And so uh, that ended up being, you know, we, we ended up putting that together earlier in the year. It was a little challenge with COVID and everything going on earlier in the spring. Uh, getting that off of the ground, we actually got our first issue out in June, and so we've had four issues here in 2020 since June, and and it's been a, a, a an interesting ride, a very educational space for me. I'm I've always been an advocate for 
marijuana reform and kind of on that side, I guess the liberal in me was always supportive of that. But this year with the hemp uh, being legal and then and the farm bill, you know, we've really taken a, a proactive, you know, from a media standpoint and covering the, the growing Texas hemp industry as it's growing all over the country. And so that's kind of how we got involved in that this year for us, Scott. Definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been an educational experience, not just for you, but for a lot of people, including some folks from uh, Colorado, California, who have uh, have made the move east to uh, to the East Coast. I'm in North Carolina, obviously, and uh, and into Texas and, and and sort of the non I use the word traditional and by traditional, we mean sort of within the last 10 to 15 years as it relates to cannabis, when we first started to really see legalization uh, and, uh, and decriminalization. So it, it, it's been the, the last two years in particular, since the, since the 2018 farm bill have been, have been a, a pretty interesting ride for, for anybody associated with hemp and, and, and cannabis. So, um, you're not alone there, and and we've been been in the space and watching the space for quite some time, and it's it's been an interesting experience uh, for for everyone involved. So, well, um, well, lot, you lot going on. <laughs> well, you guys have, have uh, we appreciate you know working with you guys. We do do some marketing for you uh, as well, and we've we've partnered with you guys in the last month you know, working with you as, as a, as a media partner for CRI. And so it's a, we, you know, when we look at banks and insurance companies and, and then, you you know, CPA and and financial advisory, um, I really credit CRI for coming aboard, you know, and marketing your services to this audience, because, you know, we found that when it comes to financial, we, we've had one bank that we've worked with and, a lot of banks want to be in this space, but getting them to actually market to that audience has been a, a challenge. So I really credit the the your marketing team at, at CRI because that's a, y'all have taken a very proactive um, uh, stance on on getting involved in this space. Well, and and a lot of it comes back to uh, to a few things and and just sort of a general philosophy on on business. For one thing, as a firm. Um, you know, you can look at our footprint. Our, our footprint is largely in in the southeast, but we span now from North Carolina all the way to New Mexico. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of traditional agribusiness in that footprint, right? In in, in a lot of areas where where our firm is, right? It's it, you know they like they say it's you know farm it is in your blood, <laughs> um, and it's in the blood of a lot of our firm too. So. We have a, a, a deep background in that space historically, and uh, and when you look at other sides of the business, um, just all elements. You know, from the producer standpoint, we have a deep experience in manufacturing, raw materials manufacturing, all the way through. You know, all, uh, just from a lot of different elements, we've got experience in pharmaceutical manufacturing. So we've just we we we've seen how this works from the industry perspectives in a lot of different ways, it was just a natural fit for us. And especially once it started becoming legal through the pilot programs, uh, and this was starting under the 2014 farm bill, which at this point feels like ages ago, 
just with everything we've experienced in the hemp industry over the last few years. Right. Um, <laughs> it, it's kind of crazy to talk about something six years ago and feel like, wow, that was that was forever ago. Well, this um, year it's you know talking about anything, Scott. That was nine months ago. <laughs> this year has been you know really a, a crazy year for twenty twenty. But what kind of financial advice are you guys offering uh, growers uh, uh, as we move into our second season, our second grow season in Texas? Well, one of the things, one of the first pieces of advice, which um, which we're giving to a lot of people associated with it, is start small. Because even for a lot of our, our, our growers who, who we've been working with for a long time, our, our farmers of, you know, both large and small farmers, um, almost all of them have experience with row crops. Um, but this one is just, it, it's different. It's a different animal. Um, for a lot of reasons, which I think, you know, any number of, of, of guests that you have could, could go into detail about, not least of which is that, Hemp is, is, is really, really good at taking on the profile of the soil it's in. So you can't just, you know, throw some seed out there where you planted various other crops. For one thing, because there's still going to be pesticides in the soil that haven't been approved by the FDA. So you may not have a product you can sell. Um, and for one thing, it's a labor intensive product. It's a very, very, um, it's a difficult animal when you're first getting your arms around. Yeah. So, you know, for that re for that reason, start small for another reason, start small because the industry is still the structure of the industry is still kind of coming together. And as that happens, we want our, our clients, our, our growers to be able to, to take advantage of what hemp has to offer without putting too many chips on the table in it because what we, you know, and, and this is based on, I mean, we were recommending sort of start small and get your feet wet really before the 2019 cycle occurred. Um, which is where it, if you'll recall, basically there was a lot of product that was produced. Acreage mm -hmm. increased a ton. Right from 2018 to 2019 after passage of the farm bill. Um, and the market just wasn't ready for it. There just, there, there, there was a shortage of capacity and basically into the, into the summer, into the, into the fall, we had a lot of people with, with product that they were, <laughs> that they were trying to find, basically trying to find a home for, they were trying to find producers who would take it. And so there was, there was a crash in the price. Um, 2000, 2019 was a very difficult year. And even before COVID, when, you know, we were sort of looking at it as almost a super flu, um, in Southeast Asia early, early in 2020, we were already looking at this year as a year where this was really going to determine who, who the serious players were going to be in the industry, you know, who, who is going to stick around? Mm -hmm. And, you know, really the folks we were looking at are the folks who are looking at it and approaching it like a business. Well, you so, know, yeah. Well, uh, you know, so that's kind of where we were coming from. Well, another you thing know. to be slow on uh, speaking to being taking things slow, it, this, this commodity is one of the few commodities that if you're, 
you, you know, if you're growing oranges and your orange gets a little lemony flavor, it's not hot. It's not, you right. can't throw, you don't get to, you don't have to throw away the rest of your oranges. If this is over 4%, <laughs> it's a, so it's a very tricky commodity as well in that space oh, yeah. and, and that, and that sense too. And I just wanted to touch on that because I think that it is a strange, it is a unique crop in, in the, in, in that we have to keep it under uh, a certain percentage as we as we grow that and so absolutely and that, and that's a pretty great analogy too is that you know if you're growing tomatoes and they come out just not quite red enough well <laughs> they probably still taste fine so not a big deal or you can still sell them uh not so with hemp if your thc content comes in above uh, 0.3%, then, you know, <laughs> you know, going back to that tomato reference, if yeah. you're just not quite red enough, the DEA is not a threat to your product. That's right. So, you know, so it, it is, it's, it, it's a little tricky. Well, um, and you had mentioned, uh, you had mentioned seed earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another point of advice that we would offer is, is, you know, make sure that the seed you're going to acquire, whatever you're putting in the ground, Make sure that it's it's rated for the soil you're you're going to use, um, and you know make sure that the that the um, um, the germination rates are are going to fit what you want to grow. You know, don't it, because because it can be a little pricey. So you know you got to do your homework on the seed, and right now. Uh, unlike a lot of other products that are out there for farmers, there's not a seed seed standardization program in place. Mm -hmm. That's something we're actually looking for from the USDA as we look to the future. We would really like to see uh, some sort of seed standardization process. Now, now Scott, we, we, we let's turn a little bit to risk management, if you will. Um, I know that there currently for Texans, there's no insurance on this. There's no crop insurance. Is there not for hemp at least? Is there is is this an important thing for? Li- How long away are we from having you know crop insurance for hemp for Texans? Um, what it's really going to take. Um, again, one of the, one of the benefits of this market is, is also one of the challenges, which is that there's not a lot of structure. So when there's not a lot of structure, there's, there's not a ton of competition. You can be creative, try new things, things like that. One of the challenges is, as you rightly pointed out, is that it's hard to find insurance for your crop. There's a handful of, of insurers out there that are doing it. I haven't personally been able to to vet any of them. Um, however, there there are some folks out there who who have started um, some hemp um, hemp and cannabis insurance programs, um, and I've seen them in place for some of the uh, larger organizations. So these are you know really more of the the high THC cannabis producers and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll eventually see that um, coming into hemp. But what we've really got to see is we've got to see. So, so a few things have to fall into place, right? You, you've got to have the USDA support the product in a way that allows for crop insurance. Because if you can allow for crop insurance, then what that does is that opens up the door for a true commodity price. And with a true commodity price, 
It also opens up the ability to do operating lines lending and things of that nature. So that opens up the banking element mm-hmm. for the industry. So we, we, you know, really, I think what we're waiting for a little bit is, is we're really waiting to see the USDA get behind this product. Um, you know, a, a lot of folks don't know this, but the federal crop insurance program is largely backed by the government. So we really need to see, you know, r- right now where we are is we're in a place where the USDA has said, okay, this product's illegal. Um, and we've gotten the 2000, we've gotten their final interim rules that we got in, I want to say October of last year, which has got to be my favorite title of anything out there, inter- final interim rules. Um, and, and we really need them to just take the next step in supporting the industry. Stay right there. Our guest is Scott Bailey of CRICPA. This is the Texas Hemp Show. We'll take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back on the other side. It's the Texas Hemp Show. Folks, you know, I've gone through a lot of pains over the last 20 years, my knees, my shoulder, and, of course, that back of mine. Now, I've tried everything, massages, acupuncture, cryotherapy, and finally I found something that really works for me. GreenMountainFlower.com, that's the cure. I've been looking all over the place for something that's going to help me feel good, help me sleep good. Green Mountain Flower has the most powerful CBD oil available, and it's unique, and it really works for me and tons of other people. Now, you'll see all kinds of CBD oils in shops all around the place, you know, the convenience stores and gas stations and places like that but none like green mountain flower and green mountain flower has the most nodule cbd oil retailers right here in austin texas it's natural 100 absorption it's water-based and it absorbs into the body easier it's unique and 100 organic formula and it really has worked give a call today to 512-645-0510 talk to gene or elsie and ask about the great products that they have you'll find them on facebook and online at greenmountainflower.com CRI is a top 25 nationally ranked CPA firm with offices across the Southeast and with clients across the globe. Over the last few years, our firm has developed a niche in the agriculture and cannabis industry. We understand the unique challenges growers and processors face every day, including addressing challenges resulting from the USDA and DEA final interim rules, banking and insurance concerns for cannabis businesses, unique farming challenges associated with hemp and high THC cannabis, and GMP clean room management and general management for business in the rapidly changing cannabis market. Our seasoned team of professionals can help you meet these challenges with sound business, tax, financial, accounting, and technology advice. Visit CRICPA.com to find out more or schedule your free introductory consultation. That's CRICPA.com. Since 1938, TPS Lab has been guiding growers of many different crops around the world to making maximum yields and quality and solving difficult field problems with advanced innovative solutions. Hemp Plan offers the most advanced guidance to industrial hemp growers. The purpose of Hemp Plan is for you to realize the highest quality and yields with minimal THC for your crop's genetics by minimizing plant biotic and abiotic stresses. TPS Lab offers many services and options to the industrial hemp grower. Contact Joe at TPS Labs at 956-383-0739. That's 956-383-0739. That's TPS Lab. 
Hey guys, it's Russell with the Texas Hemp Reporter. Want to remind you to check out the website, uh, the Texas Hemp Ranch. My friends at the Texas Hemp Ranch are currently leasing over 50 acres of land to grow your hemp operation for the next spring grow here in Texas. So get ready for that 2021 grow season and visit thetexashempranch.com or give us a call at 512-387-3377 or you can email txhempranch at gmail.com for more information. So the Texas Hemp Ranch is located there at 969 off of 130 Toll Road in east of Austin. They provide the land. You grow your own hemp, leasing 50 acres. And we just uh, leased a, a, some five-acre slot the other day. You can lease a, a five-acre spot or 10 acres. It's up to you. If you want to do 20 acres, just let us know. We've got about 50 acres, 45 approximately left to lease between now and late February. So just reaching out through the podcast here. I want to get a note out to our listeners that you can lease some land to grow your hemp this spring at the Texas Hemp Ranch, my friends out there. Uh, go check those guys out online, the Texas Hemp Ranch, or give them a call at 512-387-3377. Thanks, and back to the show. The Texas Hemp Reporter. News, trends, culture, health. Mailed to over 1,000 licensed Texas hemp farmers and 100% free in over 500 locations in Austin, Texas. Subscribe today at texashempreporter.com. Now, back to the show with your host, publisher of the Texas Hemp Reporter, Russell Dowden. All right, welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show. I'm Russell Dowden, the publisher and editor for the Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine, and this is podcast number 15. Our guest, Scott Bailey of CRICPA, that's Car Rigs and Ingram CPA and Advisors. And Scott is the, I guess, you're kind of the hemp consultant of the, uh, as a senior partner there at CRI. You're, you're the hemp guy, right, Scott? That's right. So, um, (laughs) you know, this was something and uh, and it almost, um, you know, we we were at a um, at a at a a partner retreat at one point and trying to think of, you know, you know, what's the future of the firm? Where are are places we we could be, should be, things like that. And uh, and and I brought it up almost as almost as a joke, to be to be quite honest. But um, um and, and and it was received as such, but you know after it, after the fact, I really got to thinking about it, started doing research on it, and um, you know this this is this is a viable business. It's a viable industry, mm-hmm. and you know I, it was my position and then the position of the firm that you know this is a place where we want to be. This is a place where we want to uh, to operate. Where there's a lot of a lot of great folks with good ideas and, and business opportunities, and we want to be there to to help people ensure that they're getting the best advice they can get. Well, you know, there's more to this space than just, you know, seeds and, and the legislative aspect that we see every, every session uh, in regards to this hemp. But it's also economics, it's taxes, it's compliance, and you guys at CRI offer these kind of consulting services. That's right. That's right. Um, I, I think one of the things that's that that's really important, and I, and I think something that that is a firm uh, sets us apart a little bit from from uh, a lot of our peers, is that 
this is a space that we've been very active in. We spend a lot of time staying current on what's going on in the industry because it's very new. It's changing rapidly. Um, and it's a very dynamic market. So it, 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 it's something that does require a lot of attention. You can't treat it like just any other business because just any other business, as we were saying about the growers, uh, don't potentially have the DEA at their doorstep. So, you know, it, 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 what we really want is, you know, we want to ensure that the people we work with are getting the best advice as possible regardless of the business they're in. And so to do that, we've got to understand their business. We've got to understand the environment they're operating in. And um, that's especially true with, with hemp and cannabis. Can you talk about the grant programs for hemp that are available out there? You you and I talked off the air uh, the other day about this uh, a little bit, and, and there are programs out there for hemp growers. Sure. So what we haven't seen is sort of a, 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 a out-and-out hemp grant program. Um, one of the things the, the federal government tries to do is they try as much as possible not to be in a position where they're sort of picking, quote-unquote, winners and losers. However, now that hemp is legal, there's a lot of opportunity in uh, in research grants and things like that. And this is where where we're going to find basically the future of the industry. This is where people are going to be doing the research to determine what are the best uh, pesticides, insecticides, things like that. What works best with the plant in a way that, you know, makes it safe for the human body. Um, It's getting that research behind the product. For example, right now, when it comes to spider mites, in some cases, a lot of our farmers are, are, are kind of in hot water once they start seeing them show up. However, this is the research that that helps the industry determine what can be done. And, you know, then they start putting things before the FDA who can then say, you know, th- this is how we make things available for the market. So, for example, there's a relatively new uh, grant program out there. Um, it's called the... Let's see. I think it's the Sustainable Agricultural Agricultural mm-hmm. Systems Grant Program. This is through the USDA. Mm-hmm. I think it's through the uh, Nutritional Institute of Food and Agriculture, part of the USDA. And really, what it is, it's a series of uh, research grants as well as process grants. The gr- the grant programs as a whole are designed towards. Um, basically looking forward to 2050 and creating a sustainable agricultural system in anticipation of a population in the world of 10 billion people and limited resources, limited land, limited water, limited on and on. So these programs are where I would encourage a lot of our listeners and a lot of our our industry participants to look um, because these programs can be, you know, they, they can be a minimum of a million, a million dollars in, in grant funding for these projects. We'll for sure see a lot of this go towards more of the academia area and things like that. There, there's one part of the program in particular that is geared towards sort of university level research. However, this is an opportunity for our industry to really start, you know, 
getting getting funding in place to try new things, to to experiment with how we can make this industry work better and how it can better serve you know, the, 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 the people in the United States. So well, you, um, we're, we're seeing a lot of these things start to, to fall into place. Well, you know, a few months ago we had the Sid Miller, the agriculture commissioner, on the cover. And in that issue in August, September – we had a story that we did on a Houston veteran that was creating opportunities for veterans to get into the hemp industry, and the gentleman was uh, Rashim Muhammad. He was really tuned up on getting grant money for veterans for hemp, and so we ran this story about his company, EDS Tech Solutions, and he had gotten um, several grants from the Texas Workforce Commission to develop funding. This is being explored, and, and there are, there are opportunities uh, out there on the federal level. Definitely, definitely. And and you mentioned uh, uh, Texas A&M, um, also Middle Tennessee State, NC State University. A lot of these universities are really getting behind the hemp industry and trying to, mm-hmm. to, to make this a part of the United States agricultural portfolio. So that's really exciting to see. One thing I would also say is that um, – it, that once a business starts taking on grant funding, this is when you start to see a little more of the compliance activity start to creep in, um, at least from an accounting perspective. So once you, once you start working with, uh, with the federal government, with state governments, at that point, there start to be a little more financial hoops that a business has got to jump through. Uh, basically to stay compliant with the terms of those grants. Uh, and that's an area where our firm has, has a long, deep experience and in, in an area where we can where we can certainly help. You're listening to the Texas Hemp Show, and our guest this week is a senior partner there, Scott Bailey of Car Rigs and Ingram CPA firm. These guys or who you might want to reach out to for consulting on getting into this industry and making sure your business is compliant, making sure that you're aware of the programs uh, that are available out there. These guys have been in this space for some time now. Um, Let me ask you, Scott, why would the hemp grower want to reach out to CRI? I think, and we talked about this the other day, is because you guys are talking about it. You guys are in this space already, and that's something that's that's new. And like you spoke of earlier, that's why it's important for growers to know that they can reach out to, you know, you guys are more than CPAs, you're consultants in this space. And, and because your firm has taken a proactive position on this industry, I, I think that speaks to itself why folks should reach out to you because not everybody in in your industry is already doing that you guys are kind of leading the charge exactly and and it's it's a little bit like um like the high school prom where there's there's a lot of people (laughs) there and they're they're sort of you know looking at what's happening and looking at the action and talking about it there's there's a small group of people who are actually dancing and of that small group there's only a handful that really know what they're doing so you know, not only are we at the dance and, and, and looking at it and talking about it, but we're in the industry, right? We've got hemp clients. We're working in it. We're very active in, in several state associations for hemp, uh, hemp specifically, uh, although we're also um, 
looking into uh, higher th- high THC cannabis, that element of the industry as well. A little more difficult just based on where our firm footprint is. But, you know, yep. as we've seen from Mississippi, the, the, the times they are changing. Um, <laughs> but but I, I, that's, I, I think that's, that's why we, we would deserve a look, is that you can't treat a hemp business like any other business because there's a lot of things you can assume about an ordinary business that you just can't for a hemp business. You can't just assume that they've got a bank account where the bank in six months may not say, Ooh, we're, we're, we're pulling back on these. We think these are high risk, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just assume that. Right. And, and we hope that will change. But right now we're, we've seen that happen. So what we've done is we've sort of built our own internal network of banks and people who are working with it, understand it and support it. Um, so we have a place for people to go. So, that's just one sort of example of of of, of the importance of, of working with someone who who is in the industry, knows the industry, knows the challenges, not just from, you know, the best way to prepare a tax return or the best way to respond to a letter from the government, but it, those logistical things, those things that you might not think about if you were just looking at it as though it's just another business or just another farm or just another whatever. Scott, are there, are there tax specialties for this hemp category? There. So yes and no. Um, it, prior to the passage of the farm bill, uh, the hemp industry fell within the reporting requirements of, um, uh, and this is going to get just a little bit technical here, so I'm going to put on my <laughs> put on my put on my tax nerd hat for just a second. Quick, I'll keep it quick. Um, so there's um, a, an Internal Revenue Code section, uh, 280E, which deals with basically income from businesses that aren't legal, and in in complying with that, um, really all that you get that's deductible are what are considered costs of goods sold. So costs directly associated with production, right? Which, you know, really, and, and we can get into was this intended for an industry like hemp or not. Um, it could be, you know, a long debate. I personally don't think it was, but it's not a big deal anymore because it's legal. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, really what that meant is that it had to be directly associated. So you would have difficulty, you know, deducting from your business income critical costs associated with your business, such as, you know, lease or rent for your facility, uh, electrical costs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of these things that, you know, you would you would have to be really, really careful about and getting them uh, reported the way you would want them to be as part of that tax reporting process. With with the passage of the 2018 Farm Bill, that is less of a concern. Uh, so, so thankfully, from that perspective, um, it, it's it's gotten a little bit easier uh, over the last couple of years. Um, Go ahead. Well, that's important for for listeners to know. I mean, so if you're if you've had a f- grow operation here in twenty, 
uh, 20 and you are filing for your taxes next spring and there's things that you're filing for that are different than before. You're maybe unaware of what all you can deduct make make sure that those deductions exactly. are there there uh and be aware of, of of your your risk for audits this is where cri can be helpful from a consultatory standpoint and and utilizing these guys so it's not something that every this is so new here especially for texans and you guys have had a couple of, of years on this what do business owners need to be aware of as we near tax season in the new year scott well you know certainly here in this um in, in the COVID environment there have been a lot of changes that affect not just our hemp business owners but all business owners uh going into this busy season um one of the late changes from um i can't remember if it was late last week or early this week i want to say early this week is that um the president signed a bill that essentially uh, well, it, it, so it's another round of stimulus, mm-hmm. and it also includes a uh, basically a PPP program part two. Yes, I was seeing, um, I was reading about that. That's right. Right. So we're, so we're getting we're getting round two there, and it looks like they've um, spent a little more time thinking about some of the requirements. And and this is kind of one of the big things that's made it difficult for us to plan for our clients is that they have said that costs incurred under the first PPP program, the one from March and April, those costs are tax deductible. So there was, there was a little hmm. bit of discrepancy in how the law was written back in March and April. Um, basically what they would say congressional intent and the commissioner's interpretation. Uh, so, that caused sort of some some headaches. You know, basically, Congress said one thing. The commissioner put out some some publications. Of, I mean, not the commissioner himself, but the but the Internal Revenue Service put out some publications, basically telling tax preparers and tax filers, um, here's how you need to do it, and we expect that these costs will not be deducted. Uh, so basically, in this bill, they adjusted the previous PPP to more closely align with that original congressional intent. So well, that's, uh, that, that's, that's probably right now one of the biggest things, especially for our small businesses. Yeah. Uh, one of our, that, that's a, that's a big, big thing. It, it uh, is. And I, I, I'm glad we're touching on that because that's why I, I, like I said, in the beginning of the show, Scott, I had a sports magazine that, did fell on its belly on March 12th when all sports were closed due to COVID-19. And so I ended up qualifying for the PPP loan for my sports business that was essentially shut down. So I um, did get a, a, a small one for my small business uh, that carried me over for a few months until we got the hemp magazine going. But it is interesting to point out that that the, the challenges with the new tax season and with these new loans, like I, I've never had a small business SBA loan before. This is something new that I'll have to, to deal with, hopefully have forgiveness with that. Business owners may have also gotten these uh, uh, this past year. So that's a that's a very relevant uh, concern moving forward, especially now with this new stimulus package. Absolutely. You know, normally when it comes to this time of year, we're thinking about 
you know, there's there's a couple of particular matters that we're looking at every year that are usually relatively technical in nature and and things like that. But especially this year, um, there's been a lot of attention paid to what are things going to look like. And, and there have been a lot of changes, um, some of them small, some of them large. Uh, there have been some some extensions to uh, the employer retention credit, which came in in, in, in March of this year. Uh, again, another sort of COVID relief measure. Um, it, it, it's, it's very dynamic. Things are changing quickly. And, and there's another bill uh, right now. I think it's either with the Senate or, you know, waiting to be introduced to the Senate uh, that would provide another round of stimulus and, and, and could include some additional tax provisions that are, that our clients and, and everyone out there would want to want, want to stay on top of. So um, th- th- this is a, a rapidly developing, de- developing story. I guess yeah. Might say. Well, you know, and now that we're talking about it and I'm can't been candid with you, I mean, I may be reaching out to you for just some help on getting my stuff figured out with the, uh, with the, with those, cause that's, that's new with those loans and, and that SB lane loan that I got earlier in the year that helped me carry th- through until we launched this product with the Texas hemp reporter. So as we kind of close here, I've got a few minutes left with you. How can listeners learn more about CRI car rigs and Ingram CPA and advisors? What, where can they reach out to Scott or, or, or where, where do you think is a good resource for them to start to, to learn more about CRI as we move into the tax season? Absolutely. A great place to, to start would be our, our website. Our website is www.criCPA.com. Um, we have a, a, a podcast that we're actually uh, working on recording oh, okay. season two called, uh, it's called It Figures and it's available on a lot of uh, a lot of different media platforms, uh, Spotify, I think Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. on and on. Um, and you know, periodically, if you if you subscribe to our mailing list, um, you know, we're putting out a lot of good good content on a regular basis. We've got a series of things we're putting out there called we we call them our quick hits, where it's just ten, fifteen, maybe twenty minute little you know short short webinars, videos, whatever. You know where we're just you know touching on a topic that's that's new, rapidly developing, um, just to just to get some information out there to to folks who are interested. So so that's on our website if, or on our um, on our mailing list. If you subscribe to our mailing list, um, you know we're, we're we're putting out a lot of information pretty frequently, and you know we've even got a list of our partners out there. And you know if you want to if you want to look us up, we can definitely help. Um, you know, we, w- one of the things that I, I think is really great about our firm is that we're, we're, we're pretty approachable. <laughs> um, you know, if you contact a partner, you're going to get a response from a partner. So, um, you know, we, we care about our clients. We're, we're invested in the success of our clients and, and, uh, and we're happy to help anyone who we can. Well, they have a, they have an office, a big office there in Dallas, Texas. The number in Dallas is 214-346-5800. The website CRICPA. And we became aware of you guys through Chelsea Spencer's law firm there in Dallas. 
Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it was really a, a Chelsea thought that you guys would be a great fit. We would that we are the matching up with the with the hemp reporter and CRI's goals would be a good fit. CRI works in construction, financial institutions, government, healthcare, insurance. Cannabis is a, a space they're familiar with. So as Texans begin their second growth season, as we approach tax season. It's important that you can to, to know that you can reach out to these guys on individual and corporate tax planning, uh, risk um, assurance, employee benefit plans. There's just a whole slew of services that CRI offers. They are one of the top 25 CPA firms in the, the United States. Carr, Riggs, and Ingram, CRICPA.com. Anything else, Scott, you'd like to talk, tell our listeners as – uh, you are the last show of 2020. You, we are wrapping up. Oh. The, it's New Year's <laughs> Eve, um, you know. So uh, we're getting. This is going to be a, a new year here next show next week. But uh, you oh. got you got the final say on 2020, Scott. Man, 20, 2020. How did we do it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you know. I, I heard somebody say they said. Uh, it wasn't the year we wanted, but it's the year we got. So I hope we all made the best of it. <laughs> well, we appreciate you being on the show, Scott, and and uh, and happy New Year's to you and, and, and your family and 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 everyone there at CRI, Car Rigs, and Ingram CPA and Advisors. Happy New Year to you too, Russell, and thanks for having me on. You bet. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right, there he goes. That's Scott Bailey of CRI CPAs and Advisors. Wrapping up the Texas Hemp Show as our New Year's Eve edition. Uh, just closing out here, wishing everybody a happy New Year. As uh, as you get to hear this in early January, we'll get this up here probably tonight or tomorrow on New Year's Day. Upcoming podcasts for January for the Texas Hemp Show. On January 6th, James Gaspar joining us from Biochar Now. He's the CEO of Biochar and the kind of they offer soil uh, consulting and soil products that uh, get your crop going in the right direction, which is vertical. Also joining us, Kevin Esfandari is with Access Visual Media on January 13th on the podcast. They do some interesting provide interesting services for farmers they grow i mean they they film your grow from a drone perspective so it's very cool uh, some of the things they do and they do this for many real estate clients they have but uh, they're getting more into the agricultural side so they're very interesting and then on the 20th of january uh, zachary maxwell from the texas hemp growers association will be on and then hannah wilner of the texas hemp harvesters association also talking with us on the 27th wrapping up january our deadline for marketing and advertising in the march spring edition will be february 10th so look forward to that and um, thanks for tuning into the texas hemp show i'm russell dowden publisher and editor of the texas hemp reporter and we wish you all a very safe and happy new year we'll see you next week